0: hello and welcome to geeks with shields your home for all things good and nerdy in this the darkest timeline i'm lord commander orc and with me as
1: always is his shield brother axel Wright. how's it going today man my sleep schedule was completely flipped right now i am nocturnal so i only just woke up a little bit ago so because of that my head's feeling a little full in addition my mom had to go take a trip to visit someone, so I'm watching the dog who is behind me, and it's just one more thing I got to pay attention to. Point is, I'm feeling a little busy uh, and a little, a little stuffed today. So
0: I can see how that could uh,
1: happen. Yeah, and I'm a little sad that basically my endeavors to get this job at this one place have not gone terribly well. So now I got to start looking at other places, and uh, I've been unemployed too long, and I, I really want, I, really, I want to get back to work. You know, I'm, I'm ready. to get cagey? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting
0: cagey. I understand that feeling all too well. All right. Well, enough of that bland, boring, darkest timeline stuff. Let's talk about fun things. Fun things like our patrons, you know, the people that give us money to make this podcast week to week. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman river galley krug and elmquest and Reed d now if you'd like to join this esteemed rank just head on over to our pa- patreon page patreon.com slash it only costs you 25 cents an episode and it you know allows us to do all sorts of great things like go on soundcloud expand our venues pay our editor stuff like that
1: and theoretically we can we have some ideas for other things to do with it like we've got an artist uh lined up maybe it's anyway point is Good stuff.
0: Yeah, we're not just, you know, taking your money and not putting it towards things. We're not the government.
1: Uh, Okay, dig uh, from the communists. Now let's move on to what are we doing for this special occasion for the 50th episode. Well,
0: as you said, it is our 50th episode, and we're going to redo our, not failed, but at our year mark, we asked you all questions, and we answered the questions, and then we had technical failures, and they were lost forever. So we kicked it down the road to our
1: 50th episode, got more questions, and we're here to do it again. Yeah, uh, so a lot of these will be the same kind of questions, but obviously you didn't hear us answer them before, and it's been what, four or five months since we recorded it, so it, I think it'll feel relatively fresh for us too. No, I think a lot has changed since we last did this. We've had a lot more guests, for sure. That is true, and we've got at least three new questions I see at the bottom of this list. Yeah, and yes, for the behind the curtains, we just have a, a list in front of us we'll be going down pretty sequentially. All right, so let's start with the first one. How did you two meet? All right. Uh, now, you guys know, I think, from listening to us, I'm a little more chatty, I think, than Ulrich is, so I apologize going forward if I um smother him with these stories because I love telling stories. So how did we meet? We met, let's see, it's it's 2019 at time recording. That's as far as I will date this episode. That means, what, 14, no, 13 years ago?
0: Sure, because I'm not exact. I think it was... 2008 when we met maybe 2007
1: yeah uh, i think 2000 i thought it was 2006 because it might
0: be 2006 it's been a long that's a long time ago in memories that are long you know know how i know
1: because because i was dating Skylar at the time and i know how old i was when i was dating Skylar. so it had to be 2006
0: yeah because i'm remembering yeah it was 2006 because i still had aspirations of being a doctor then
1: Anyway, so point is, back in 2006, I was dating this girl, Skylar, who we're friends now. We we had a horrible breakup, but we're, we're cool now. <laughs> and we were going on to this dance at, at her hometown because she lived in one of those like small, tiny towns about a half hour drive out from the town I lived in. Imagine so,
0: banjos uh, and uh, other less savory things.
1: Yeah, it's called Cottonwood, and I lived in a town called Lewiston. It's the past. I don't mind sharing that much. So anyway, we were going to this dance, and her best friend at the time, this girl Nikki, was going with us with her date, which was Ulrich. Yeah, and uh, first time I met Axel,
0: he comes out of a bedroom dressed all in white with uh, chains and whatnot on and long hair.
1: For the And, and I-, I remember... By the way, at least what we used was called Omni Goth. I'm not saying this is po- completely accurate to the entire Goth scene. I'm sure there are some current Goths out there who will tell me, you know. Uh, but my understanding at the time was that I was one of the only like four Goths in the school, but I chose to wear all white because I thought I would, it was even more counterculture. I found out later that there was actually a subsection of Goth that would dress in all white, the idea being that their skin was so pure they could wear all white. So, anyway, point is, that was the deal. I was an Omni Goth, so all white plus chains and spikes.
0: Yeah, so I remember seeing him for the first time and immediately thinking, what the fuck is up with this guy? And then we briefly drove off without him in the car.
1: I don't remember that part. See, the the first thing I remember, my first memory of Ulrich is we're in the car driving to – we're in Ulrich's car uh, driving to the dance, and he puts on – I believe it was – was it Flogging Molly? No, it wasn't Flogging Molly. It was um, Johnny Jump Up by Gaelic Storm, if I remember correctly. But it's Johnny Tar. You know, Johnny tar that's it yeah this Irish song and you know I love Irish culture and and shit like that so I I'm totally into it and we both found this like oh we both love Irish culture and we start speaking to each other in terrible Irish accents and complete
0: with insults that we were making up as we went
1: yeah which mostly came down to involving sheep and potatoes but we're just insulting each other but we're laughing and having fun with it and our dates at that point are kind of staring at each other and uh wondering what hell they had brought upon themselves.
0: You know, this is an interesting uh, look into our future.
1: <laughs> how so?
0: Things haven't changed. We still regularly make insults at each other while our significant others stare on in confusion.
1: You're not wrong about that. So so we get to this dance, right? And I mean, yes, technically we've answered the question, this is how we met, but I, I like the story because we, we get to this dance and like I said, it's this small town. There are probably... Oh, what 100 120 people at this dance if i would take yes
0: <sighs> give or take yeah
1: okay so it's the kind of dance that at one point cotton eye joe comes up and like 40 of the girls are in the the dance floor all dancing in sync with each other and i'm you know at the time again i was an omni goth and i had very stuck up views about music so i was like Bleh i although thought point, like, it was
0: an interesting act of synchronicity i don't know how they were so well coordinated it was hive mind like
1: yeah although at one point and this is how i knew that uh Ulrich and i were going to be friends for a long time lowrider came on and everyone left the dance floor there was no one on the dance floor and me and Ulrich looked at each other we were like this song's awesome right and he's like yeah And so we just go out just me and him and start doing the lowrider dance alone on the dance floor just And everyone's staring at us. And our dates had to drag us off the dance floor because they were embarrassed.
0: They were not happy with us after that.
1: It didn't help. There was a one girl who was dancing up on us.
0: She was very, very friendly towards Axel. And Axel didn't know
1: how to react. Yeah, especially because my my date was bigger than me and scary.
0: (laughs) I still laugh thinking back to this because you had this look on your face of help me. And I just remember thinking, I don't know what to do for you, buddy.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so that's how we met. And then we actually didn't really interact with each other again for a while. Uh, I mean, very loosely. But then like a little under a year later, maybe it was about a year later, Ulrich moved to to Lewiston, the town, well, actually moved to Clarkston, technically, but the the town that I lived in. And he caught up with me. And so then we made a thing like, I don't remember the details exactly. But like, I came over to visit. and And I don't know how early it is. We watched The Watchmen. But we watched. I think Watchmen it was fairly early.
0: early on because I just got it and I'm like, you have to watch this movie called Watchmen. It's incredible. Here's the graphic novel that you can reference for notes as we watch it.
1: Exactly. So I, I watched it over his place and we just talked about it for like hours. And then after that, it became a normal thing to come over you know, every two weeks or so and just watch a movie. So Yeah, we would go to Hollywood Video
0: because we didn't have a blockbuster. And we would rent a bunch of movies and we'd go next door to the Safeway, buy a bunch of snacks. And we watched some good movies and we watched some terrible movies, like really bad, awful stuff. But it was just <laughs> background noise for our conversation.
1: And this was the beginning of we, even early on we talked about like, Hey, what if we both did like a, like a Cisco Niebuhr thing? I mean, not we don't think that highly of ourselves at least i don't think that highly of myself mr god complex over there Ulrich. but we were like you know maybe we're sitting here already talking about movies what if we recorded it and did something with it and that was you know the beginnings of what became this podcast years later
0: yeah so that pretty much
1: is the long and short of how we met correct so we might come back to more stories Like we have a lot of great stories from those times like i have uh one story i love involving Rick and I running into the park in past midnight with a spear and a baseball bat. But we will hear with that another time. Anyway, next question on the list. What have you learned about podcasting in the last year? Since I feel like I was leading the last question, why don't you lead this one? Art? It's a lot harder and more time
0: consuming than people let on. Like when I first started out, I figured, oh, you know what? This will just be, you know, we get together, we hang out, we talk and that's it i have learned much since then such as it really is a second job in the amount of time you have to put into it in the amount of work that goes into it i mean i enjoy it i love doing this and it's really kind of cool to see this podcast succeeding and making connections with people and having our friends on and making you know friends with our guests but the amount of time that I spend promoting and editing and planning and talking to people, it's exhausting sometimes.
1: It really, truly is. You know, from my side of it, right, like, I don't do as much as Auric. He's a lot more hands-on than me. But I still feel what he says is correct. Like, I, I feel like this is a, a job, right? I, I do half the editing at this point, uh, And Slagathor does the other half, generally speaking. But... Editing itself is so. I don't know if it's just me personally, but editing my own voice started off kind of interesting, and now it's become a goddamn nightmare. And I'll do it. Yep. I, I have like, like Ulrich gives me a good like deadlines. Like, all right, it's need you know it edited and given to me by this point, so we can put it out, and I'll I'll get it done. But it takes roughly three times as long as the episode is itself to edit it. So an hour long episode takes like three hours to edit, and I do it generally in one sitting, so that I you know, don't lose place and stuff. And it's, it's just a goddamn nightmare. I'm, I'm trying, I'm actually working on putting together a program right now that could make things a lot easier for us. Uh, I haven't told Ulrich about this yet, but it's an idea that my friend Eric had where we basically, you know, you input, Hey, here's a, a bite sample of say one of you saying, or one of us saying, um, and then it will go through and find those instances of it and just flatten them out. So I have some ideas I'm working with. I'm sure I could buy software that would do this, but, you know, I'm an engineer. I can put it together.
0: And that costs money. This whole thing costs money. And though, you know, we're getting some good patron numbers, we're still operating at a deficit. <laughs> so let's move on to question three. Uh, what was your, what is your favorite episode?
1: Okay, when we first recorded this, I, I want to put this out there. Our, my favorite episode was the Cartoon Network Tune Talk with Woonvog, which was great. And it's still probably like, you know, like you know, second or third favorite episode, but now my favorite episode isn't even an episode. It was quote unquote, the Patreon hangout where we had uh, Chris Chipman, Krug and Wundvog on. We had no topic and we just talked for an hour and a half. And that to me is the essence of why you listen to a show like this is personalities and, you know, these people who are friends, uh, one of which is, you know, we met through the podcast. So that to me is like really special and I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the same in that our first cartoon talks episode was my favorite and probably my number two, just because that one was the first time I really felt we nailed the format of a conversation about something we really liked Uh, right now. I'm going to lump it in as one episode, but our Spielberg Smackdown is probably my favorite episode just because it was exhausting, but in a fun way, because we got to debate movies and talk about movies and really get down to the nitty gritty of what we want out of a Spielberg movie. And I think it has now established one of the biggest running jokes in that
1: I hate E.T. And you're also overly sensitive about Jurassic Park, which we love, so don't understand why. <laughs> That's just the way the episode went because, for the record, I
0: don't hate ET. I didn't really care much about ET until Chris defended it. Then
1: a switch flipped, and I'm like, all right, I hate ET now. It's okay. A similar thing happens to me whenever Ulrich uses Gargoyles as an excuse not to give a new cartoon a chance. Anyway, so Gargoyles is amazing. Next question apparently is directed at me specifically because I'm a Star Trek fan, like a huge Star Trek fan. So the question is using myself. Ulrich, Slagathor, and Guess create a Star Trek crew. You know, I remember that when I I should have prepared for this because I remember an, trying to answer this question before and it's really difficult. But so like, okay, easy enough. First of all, Captain Wundvog. It's definitely Wundvog because he's basically the Captain America of my friends group, and he's a little shy. But you you know you push him, and I feel like he's he's the one who push comes to shove. I I you know get behind to you know to lead. Ulrich is tactical. No, no question about it. He's a tactical officer. That's usually the same thing as security officer, but can be different depending on what show. Uh, my dream job for years has been to be chief engineer on a starship. So of course I'm gonna say I want to be chief engineer or chief operations officer, if you're talking like a space station essentially. Uh Slagathor, hmm, I maybe science officer. No, nah, I feel like she might get bored of that. Oh, Helmsman. I get the feeling she'd get a lot of kick out of actually flying the spaceship. Would you, would you agree with that already?
0: I think she crashes into a lot of asteroids, but yeah.
1: All right. As for other guests, oh, who would be the doctor? I mean, do we have anyone who has medical training? <laughs> okay, assuming, um, assuming that they get medical training, it'd have to be someone with good bedside manner. So Chris has
0: got good bedside manner, I think.
1: Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Chris and me would both take on the engineering jobs because we're both actually engineers. I mean then again Krug is too, so we just we'll just run engineering and, and science. So like actually I love science in general. So how about this? I give chief of engineer to Chris, I take the science officer uh, position, and we could have Krug be like chief of operations, which is a different thing. So okay. But we still need a doctor. Uh Stevie can't be a doctor. <laughs> uh, don't I was know. trying
0: to think Who of our guests would love the line to say, Damn it, Jim, I'm not, I'm a doctor, not a, and then insert whatever. And I guess in this case it would be, Damn it, Wundvog, I'm a doctor, not a.
1: I don't know. Um, I feel like Stevie would love the chance to say that. So I guess if if it was a version of Stevie with medical training, then he could be a doctor similar to McCoy Bones. So I guess that works. And I mean, there's plenty of other guests like, you know, Loremaster of Sotek, and uh, Jason Inman we just had, but I don't know them well enough to. You to, forgot uh, Snailboat? Yes. Yeah, so, no, I didn't forget him. I was. Oh, I thought
0: him you him. were wrapping up. Okay,
1: sorry. I don't know because he's well. He's also an engineer, but he's he's a. I mean, he's actually a Navy engineer, so he'd be the most comfortable on a, on us, a, you know, in this particular thought exercise. So I don't know. Maybe have him and Chris duke it out for chief engineer position. <laughs> And then that the, would just be you know, a
0: polite compliment off, you know that, right? Yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> no, no, no. You deserve to be engineered. No, you deserve to be engineered. No, you. And meanwhile, the ship is burning.
1: Well, okay. At the same time, though, Snailboat Captain, being a dignitary from Pretoria, has a lot of interest in like actual politics and stuff like that. So I feel like. He'd be less of a, a good position on the ship, and more like a good a- ambassador for like the Federation, like a dignitary. You know, that works. Anyway, that's I am sure that I might have forgotten someone else, but I
0: yeah, think that's just... everybody. So I guess uh, Jason and Sotek are landing party.
1: <laughs> there, don't worry, we won't put you in red shirts.
0: <laughs> They'll be off red.
1: Sure, sure. Be orange. Well, it basically, you need. Uh, What's yellow, that red, red versus blue, blue joke? It's really, really light red. I'm gonna put it in pink shirts. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. What is an older game you'd like a remaster of? Go ahead, over.
0: Um, I think I'm gonna go with the same one I said before. Anything from the original Dawn of War series. It's still a great game, but its pathfinding is garbage. The unit footprint is too big, and I would love. I just, you know, wouldn't mind a graphical update. I mean, there's a lot of great mods out there for it, but mods are not the same as a full fixed little bug issues.
1: You're totally allowed to have your answer, but as someone who does enjoy Dawn of War Dark Crusade a lot, I feel like that game is still modern enough that it holds up. Oh, I still like
0: it, but it's the only older one I can think of that I would really want to go back and play that either hasn't A, hasn't had a remaster, or B, I don't enjoy in its current form.
1: Yeah, so my answer, for example, is to go back to the PlayStation One era, which is Legend of the Dragoon, one of my favorite uh, games ever. I'm not even that into Japanese RPGs anymore, but I love Legend of the Dragoon's story and characters. And I'd love to see a version of the game that's fully voice acted, so like it can actually hear these people. And you know, graphical update is would be a nice touch, but that's not really as important to me as I'd love to see just the whole thing voiced like that alone would be really awesome and i don't even need the system change that much you know make a few tweaks for it for uh quality of life things like update the magic system to be a bit more inclusive so it's not just dragon spells but generally speaking leave it mostly alone just update it voice
0: it okay i thought of a better one uh this will go out to all my strategy lovers age of empires not age of empires empire earth like age of empires but bigger That was an awesome game, but it definitely needs a remaster because the people, a lot of the infantry were just uh, photos of people stretched over 3D models, and it's terrifying.
1: I've seen what that can do, and that is absolutely terrifying.
0: Yeah, they're all blocky and creepy and perpetually smiling. They're like really old Doctor Who villains. (laughs)
1: i really love old doctor who villains partly because they're so creepy have you seen original cybermen are way creepier than modern cybermen
0: yeah this is true the new cybermen are way more sterile and just they look i don't know the word for it but yeah
1: anyway so our next question is one that we've hinted at for as long as we've been doing this which is why is watchmen one of our favorite movies i want to tell you right now we could do an entire episode on just this question i've had conversations the last hours and hours with ulrich and other people about why i love watchmen so before we get into it i want to put something out there i love both watchmen the movie and watchmen the novel they're both amazing they're both extremely different because they're coming from different complete or completely different philosophical cores so i think comparing them is kind of odd but yeah, I, I, I love them both. I can go into many reasons. I like to bring up that I love that Watchmen as a movie especially is focused on the idea of compromise between five different core philosophies and how you can only survive by compromising philosophies. I, I, I love how well these characters feel alive and breathing in this like world that's super stylized because I like stylization, generally speaking. I'm not into realism. But Watchmen is a story that is style- In something approaching realistic, but then you got a character like Doctor Manhattan that's not meant to not meant in any way to be realistic. And yeah, anyway, point is, I could go off and off on this.
0: Yeah, and we will do a a full Watchmen episode at some point. My short answer is, this is the first movie that made me think about movies from a more well-rounded perspective. Like I remember walking out of this movie going, "Huh, you know." this character represents this philosophy and it's interposed. It got me thinking about movies in a way I had never done before. Like I had a good sense of good movies from bad movies, but I'd never really broken it down or, or looked into it past that. And I remember coming out of Watchmen really wanting to analyze the messages, the themes, and the codings in that movie. And that is why I may enjoy other movies more in time, but Watchmen will always be my number one movie because it's the movie that made me appreciate movies as an art.
1: It's funny, the movie that made me really start analyzing how I like movies was a movie I didn't like (laughs) because that was uh, Avatar. And I don't mean The Last Airbender. I mean James Cameron's Avatar, because I came out of that, and everyone I loved it. I
0: remember this. Oh, I was talking about this with Slagathor the other day. You just went on and on, and
1: everyone laughed. Yeah, that's my thing, is everyone loved it, and I didn't. So I had to really, really start thinking about why I didn't like it, and start analyzing it.
0: Avatar 2, 2022. I'm sure Axel's just waiting for that one.
1: Yeah, I have no feelings strong whatsoever about it.
0: All right. Who would be your ultimate guest?
1: oh man this is a hard one i know that uh before i said and this is still probably in my top three my andrew wk because he's my hero like for a lot of reasons but i feel like i'm not knowledgeable enough about music to really talk with him on his level but i just i don't know his philosophies on life and and you know what partying means are so inspirational that i'd love to just have a chance to sit and talk with him but from more of a what we do standpoint I think I might love to get like the Game Grumps, I think would be a a great one for me because I feel like, you know, they're such laid back. They're kind of the, when we first started doing the podcast, we realized that we were coming at it from different points of view, right? Like Ulrich came at it from a lot more scripted, structured way because he was mostly listening to like history podcasts and things like that. They were like lectures. Whereas my history of the podcast is basically like, Game Grumps is not a podcast, but I treat it like one. I listen to like Dan Harmon's Harmon Town, which are extremely off the cuff and relaxed. So that's how I did it. We've kind of, you know, found a, a mix between the two at this point. But point is that since the Grumps are that kind of relaxed and off the cuff and just have a conversation, having them as a guest would be, I think, be pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I gotta think about this one. I'm still going with my original choice of Guillermo del Toro, just as because- I would love to sit and have a conversation with that man and ask him how he comes up with his ideas and maybe ask him to talk about some of these movies that he's talked about wanting to make but hasn't had the chance to, because I think that would be really interesting. As for someone smaller in our circle, we've actually managed to get quite a few of the big people I was interested in. I mean we've got Movie Bob to agree to come on when he gets his schedule freed up, so that was that was like one of my big ones. I don't know. I mean, not to discredit other, you know, podcasters, there's a lot of great ones out there. I just can't think of them right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jesse Cox. That guy would be a lot of fun.
1: Well, it's because you identify with every character he's ever played.
0: (laughs) Just a little bit.
1: Anyway, I mean, I I could say something like, like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I feel like I'd be too... I don't know intimidate is not the right word but again I feel like I don't have the right frame of see like, I'm not gonna go after
0: questions. too many celebrities just because this is not the right format for that our podcast well yeah but
1: the the question is what is your ultimate guess that's why I was like okay one is gonna be my hero and one is gonna be someone who I think could actually fit in really well with this format that's why like I'm so glad we got you know Chris on because he fits in really well with us and I, I think that's more important because we're creating a show right So anyway.
0: All right. So the next question, what inspired you to start this podcast?
1: So we kind of already answered this question, right? It was the two of us spending every week or every other week together, uh, watching a movie and then talking about it afterwards. That was the original impetus for it. And then we kind of talked about it off and on for years. Cause there was a time when Ork and I didn't live in the same city anymore. And we just correspond through email. There were a couple of those that got very, very heated, but then, uh, I guess this is from your side, but from my side, then about you know, a year and a half ago at this point, I just got a message that said, hey, I'm calling in a favor. And I was like, all right, what's the favor? And he said, right, I'm going to do a podcast and you're going to be my co-host. And I was like, okay. That, that was from my side. So you, know, you could say what from your side was the – that got you to you know, pull the trigger on that.
0: Uh, it was a combination of things, one of which was there was a podcast I was listening to at the time. And they were doing really well. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, you know, this is an okay podcast. I won't name names. I think that I could probably do this better. And I kind of mulled around on that. And then I was listening to an interview with uh, Dan Carlin, who does a fantastic series of – there are more essays than they are podcasts on various history topics. And he was doing an interview, and he said – If you feel inspired to do something, especially if it's creative and you just have the spark of an idea, you need to do it because what's the worst going to happen? You tried and you failed. Oh, well, at least you tried it. And that was when I kind of went, okay, that's kind of a sign from the gods that I need to at least try this. We'll see how this goes.
1: All right. And now we're here and we're, I mean, by my estimations, right, we're doing well because, what you you get into this doing it for certain reasons and you now i want to have fun and it's kind of been a great excuse for Oric and i just to talk every week i mean yes all other stuff is important too but like that base idea of like hey this is my brother and now we've got basically regimented interaction time <laughs> and then you know we use it as a way to get you know to meet new people like like chris to get other people we don't talk to as often like you know krug to like you know, just talk, and it's a, it's a good time. And whatever success we get on top of that is just cake.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's proven a great creative outlet. All right. Uh, this next one will be interesting. Who is your favorite superhero?
1: Okay, I'm going to give a, a top three because I feel like I have to for – so my third favorite superhero is One Omen. Just got to put that out there. My second favorite superhero is Iron Man. Which I have to say, like, it's because I'm an engineer. Iron Man is literally a superhero version of what I am. So I have to like him kind of on principle. But my favorite superhero has been, has always been, and probably will always be Spider Man. And I know it's kind of a, a bitch answer because, oh, yeah, of course, you know, Spider Man's one of the greatest, you know, most popular superheroes ever. I don't care. Sometimes things are popular for a reason. And Spider Man has always been that hero that I identify with the most, whose stories I find the most compelling. He has. This, in my opinion, the second best Rogues' Gallery of any comic book character, only beaten by Batman. But I like Spider-Man's character more than Batman, so yeah, Spider-Man's my favorite hero. It's funny you bring that Rogues' Gallery
0: thing up because I was thinking about that today in my mind and trying to weigh who had the better Rogues' Gallery, and I kind of I kept going back and forth as I remembered more villains from one group or the other.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I, it's Batman. <laughs> like Batman's rogues gallery is the main reason that to engage with Batman as a, you know, artistic like concept for me. Anyway, for if you if you out there love Batman the character, more power to you. But you know how we feel here. So yeah, I love Spider Man. I love Spider Man's rogues gallery, but Batman's rogues gallery is better just because like fucking the Riddler, man, the Joker alone. So anyway,
0: see, I don't know if I have a favorite super. I have a lot of heroes I really like, but my top two, like these two jockey for position for different reasons are Thor and Captain America Thor. I like for obvious reasons as well as not so obvious reasons. I like, you know, plays into a lot of what I like in storytelling, in character design, in general, everything. And I don't know. I really dig Thor, but Captain America See, I wasn't a big Captain America fan for a long time, but then I started reading his comics. And I really love his whole ideology and his own set of principles and code and morals. And he's really risen through the ranks both in a lot of... I love a lot of his comics, as well as Chris Evans' portrayal of him in the MCU has really kind of helped cement him as a character I used to not think twice about, but also have now come... To really enjoy. And I'm also gonna throw Doctor Doom in there. And for everyone saying he's not a hero, he's a villain. It all depends on your perspective.
1: You know, there are not that many casting choices that I feel are like so perfectly embody a character. Like, you know, Chris Reese is Superman, for instance. But I feel like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. specifically, Captain America and Thor, or not Thor, sorry, uh Captain America and Iron Man. Although Chris Hemsworth is Thor is pretty close, I would say. Not quite there because comic book Thor is a lot more. Well, he started getting there with Ragnarok, but anyway. But yeah, point is, Evans, RDJ, their performances are basically perfect for those characters, as far as I'm concerned. So,
0: yeah, no, they've really kind of helped cement love of characters and even brought Iron Man up a lot in my respects. I'm still yeah. not a fan of Iron Man just because I'm not a big fan of Iron Man comics, but uh, yeah. his well, Iron Man portrayal... comics.
1: Lots of things, like, I love the hero, right? I love seeing him in animation form. I've always Conceptually,
0: he's interesting, story-wise.
1: Well, it's because most of his stories throughout time were about him fighting the commies, and those are, yeah, If he's I'd stories. argue
0: even later, like, the 2000s, Iron Man's kind of boring war machines more interesting just in what he goes through both in Civil War and Secret
1: Invasion, especially Secret Invasion. Yeah, I, I suppose. It's funny, that concept of, like, having a hero but all right so i know a lot of people out there love like hugh jackman as wolverine which i think is a very interesting concept because hugh jackman has basically redefined wolverine but at the same time he has never been comic book version of wolverine like ever (laughs) he basically just made his own character that shares a name and power set but he's basically something completely different and then you could say that's a good thing or a bad thing but you know it's a it's a similar concept with like, what does, does an actor, you know, bring to a role. Right. And like RDJ, for instance, basically was already the best parts of Iron Man. The character, and he just brought it on screen in better stories. Uh, you know, Chris Evans embodies, I think Captain America. So, you know, perfectly like now Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, but he did it by kind of ignoring what Wolverine in the comics is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Those are, you're two very distinctly different things. Kind of like, well, I'd argue that Robert Downey Jr. is kind of shaped Iron Man, but not nearly as much as Hugh Jackman has shaped or reshaped Wolverine.
1: Yeah, sorry, I know that had nothing like because Wolverine's not on either of our favorite lists, but that was just a really interesting one for me because that actor has played that role longer than like any other actor has played a comic role, and he's never really been the comic version of the character, who's you know the short, gruff mean kind of like ugly gross like troll he is a kind tro- of yeah he's a troll
0: and uh no on that note everyone you know thinking about who to recast as Wolverine don't do X23 go in a totally fresh direction that's the smart move
1: anyway we're a geek podcast so we could talk about superheroes forever so to answer your question Spider mans my answer his is either cap or Thor there you go
0: this is this is one Axel really likes this one what is your favorite color?
1: green i'm done
0: yeah same sorry if that was a big one for you but there's not much meat on those
1: so the next one is what would be your favorite time period to live in and this is a tricky question for a number of reasons because we've talked about this a lot auric used to say he considers himself a man at a time that he was born in the wrong you know century and you know what as someone who knows you very well auric i think you're correct about that but me i don't know like Okay, I love the idea of being in say, I don't know, 10th century Scandinavia, like Norway, you know, the age of the Vikings between the, you know, 8th and 11th centuries essentially, but the lack of indoor plumbing uh, would is whole like if I could live in any time period because the question doesn't say what past time period, I'd rather really live in the future. I want to live in a theoretical future that's like Mass Effect. So if I could live in any time period, I want to live in the the space age. So
0: See, Axel has been always very optimistic about the future. And he brings up a great point. Like, when time traveling, there's a lot of really interesting time periods. But I also got to consider going, yeah, well, how am I going to fit in in this time period? And I admit, as a straight, you know, white male, I'm going to do pretty good in most time periods. But there are still things like no indoor plumbing, heating is really sketchy, food spoilage is a whole thing, there's all sorts of terrible diseases. But I have thought about this one, and if I ever had the, you know, the option of traveling back in time, I would put together a kit of you know, future technologies that would suit me back and become a Conan-style warlord.
1: So Ulrich wants to completely reshape history.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking uh, maybe Gaul during the time of Caesar's Conquest, because I know a few things to take with me that I could turn that one around.
1: But as we've established, Ulrich has... I don't know what the right word is. Let's say it's just a God complex or is a God complex. Imagine reading history
0: books about me and seeing statues of me everywhere and going, well, what did he do? He brought back
1: fire sticks and killed all the Romans. Yeah. So I want to say that if I'm going to be, uh, what's the word fair? Like if I can't say the future, because my answer would be the future. But if I can't say that, it has to be, Hey, a time period we know about, I want to say probably like post depression era new york essentially i'd love to live in like the 40s essentially like the late the late 40s i mean yes i know eventually it turns into a whole lot of other stuff, but just like the era of the noir or maybe even like la because it'd be like la noir proper right but i feel like i could i like the style of it i still get some kind of like modern you know conveniences but it'd be a anyway i yeah i get no internet but and i just miss
0: thing like there's a lot of books i enjoy a lot of movies i enjoy and there's a whole lot of cultural things that I'd run into problems with in the 50s.
1: Well, yeah, but I'd probably be on the front lines with those uh, culture changes. So the counterculture movement and stuff like that. But I'm just trying to think what the good things here, man.
0: <laughs> I don't see. This is the problem with this question is on a surface level, it sounds fun. Then you start thinking about the nitty gritty and go, oh, man, if I get a bad tooth, I'm dead.
1: That is correct. Modern medicine is only like around since the 1960s or 50s or so.
0: Uh-huh. It's, it's scary times then. All right. Uh, so this one is for me. Uh, what Space Marine chapter do you play and why? So uh, most people that know me immediately think that I play Space Wolves because they're essentially Space Vikings. At least that was the original concept. Now they've become a bit more buried in the wolf aesthetic. But no, I uh, play Ultramarines for a couple reasons. When I first started out, I kind of went, okay, these are my three choices. I like the Imperial Fists because that is my mindset. You know, stubborn till the end to the point that it's a character flaw. Space Wolves because Space Vikings and Ultramarines because they've got a really cool Roman aesthetic. And because they're the poster child, they get all the new toys first. And I whittled it down one by one. And I didn't do Space Wolves because lots of hair and hair's a pain to paint. I didn't do Imperial Fists because yellow is really hard to paint and kind of obnoxious, so that left me with Ultramarines. Uh, The other reason I liked Ultramarines was I read a fantastic series by uh, Graham McNeil all about the Ultramarines that really kind of got me into them and their whole deal as a chapter. Don't the Ultramarines have gold and yellow in their color spectrum as well? Uh, Yeah, their main color is... Blue and gold, and then each individual company has their own colors. With the first company being white, the second company being gold, and so on and so forth.
1: I've also heard the Ultramarine Chapter Primark uh, Russ. I forgot his last name, but you're combining his remarks. Been... <laughs> oh, Russ is uh, the Primarch of the Space Wolves. Oh, all right. So um, yeah, mix it. Who's the Primarch of the Ultramarines then? I can't remember his name. Uh, Robert Robote Gilliman. Robote. I knew it was something that looked like Robert. Anyway, my my Space Marine chapter knowledge isn't great because I focus mostly on Orc stuff. But anyway, I know that Roberta Gilliman has been referred to by some of my Warhammer friends as uh, uh, Games Workshop's golden boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's because Ultramarines are the whipping boy for Warhammer fans. And it's largely because Games Workshop has made them the poster chapters. Like I said, we get all the best toys first. But Gilliman has had a fascinating story arc, both in the Horus Heresy and more contemporarily now, especially in the books uh, Plague War and Dark Imperium, where you really kind of get to see him question his whole existence in the galaxy.
1: Anyway, I'm going to combine the next two questions because they basically are asking the same kind of thing, but opposites, which is what is the best and worst part of doing the podcast? And both of which I feel like I've already answered. So the best part is is it's just an opportunity to talk with my brother once a week. And I know that sounds like, well, so what? Why don't you just talk with your brother once a week? You don't know who I, I'm, you know, it's a normal thing that I don't communicate well with people. Like I've got, I've got friends who I consider really good friends who I can go really long periods of time without talking to. I've got, there's this one girl who is not my blood relation, but I call her my sister. We're that close and I can go months without talking to her. And that's just because that, and once we talk, it's all fine. Right. Right but it's just like you know we have our adult lives and when you have adult lives sometimes it's hard to make time for people that's just how reality works i'm sure a lot of the listeners understand that and so having this kind of like scheduled regimented hey my brother and i are going to get together and do this thing together as a way to you know partially as a way to just keep in each other's lives that is It's the same reason I play D anD D. D anD D is a regimented like excuse to stay in the lives of the people I play that game with. I mean, that on top of it, it's fun. But similar thing here. The podcast itself is fun. I enjoy doing it, but it's just the best part is you know me and you, man. Yeah, no, I pretty much agree
0: with all of that, and a lot of the addendum of it's kind of nice to know that people are interested in what we have to say, and you know we get positive feedback from it. But it's just this great creative outlet. That as stressful as it is sometimes, it's really enjoyable to be able to sit down and have conversations with people that I otherwise wouldn't have. I mean, we talked about Game of Thrones for almost an hour, and I don't get that in my normal life. We talked about Endgame for an hour and a half, and I definitely don't get that in my day to day life.
1: As for the worst part, it's editing, for me anyway. It's it's editing. I hate editing. <laughs> I, editing I'll do it, is but
0: close second for me my number one and this is more my personality and the way my brain works is when an episode underperforms trying to figure out why it underperformed and what i could have done differently
1: yeah and that comes back to the i'm a lot more laid back like i i've always been sure that if there's an audience for us the audience will find it and will will you know eat it up as best it will or it's a lot more like active on the trying to evolve and advance and and get more successful and I think it's important to have both because I keep him somewhat grounded so he doesn't lose his mind in stress and he keeps me somewhat focused on you know actually you know putting effort in so it, I think it works
0: the Teutonic part of my brain takes over when it comes to that and like any good German machine it doesn't have an off
1: switch now the next question is bull and whoever asked it is I'm, I'm upset with you which is who was your favorite guest and I'm not I can't answer that. That's the, that's the, who is your favorite child situation. Right. So like, I mean, I guess if I, if if you had gun to my head, I have to say just wound because he's my best friend in the world. So by kind of, you know, nature of, well, he's my best friend that makes him kind of my favorite person. That's not, you know, my, my girlfriend or my mother. So, but as a guest, I love all of our guests. I, I think that we've had great experiences with them all. I, you know, the people that I knew and the people I don't know, it's like, it's I love them all. It's great. I know it's a cheap answer, but there I gave you a semi-answer and then the cheap answer, and I don't know what to tell you. This is just the truth, man.
0: Yeah. No, my uh, favorite guest was you, the person listening who thinks you are our favorite guest. Yes, you. You are in fact it, unless it is the other one. And no, you are not my favorite guest, and you know who you are.
1: Anyway, so what is your D and D class? What does this question mean? Is it what class? do I play or what class I think I am? Like, what do you think? I means?
0: think it's the latter. Cause that's where my mind goes to. It's like, not what class I play. Cause I play a paladin and uh, we have an upcoming episode where we have an episode all about why I am not meant to be a paladin. So yeah, i am a barbarian. I think is the class. I haven't played a lot of D and D for
1: reasons. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I, I realized that, you know, when it comes to life, I have one major thing that I think I'm good at, which is charm. I'm very charming. Like, yeah, I am I study hard, so I'm reasonably intelligent, but it doesn't come easy to me. I'm not like a, a prodigy or genius or anything like that. I have to work really hard. And I feel like most of the good stuff that's happened in my life has to do with me being easy to get along with, making good circles of friends and good connections. So because of that, that translates to charisma in D&D, and that means that I'm a bard. I think that that's the most accurate. I mean, I don't actually play music, but I feel like as far as how stats work and stuff, if I was going to be an actual class, yeah, I'm a bard.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a barbarian in that my
1: solution typically involves violence. Also, his uh, barbarian rage comes with liquor, so.
0: Yeah, no, for those of you that are curious at home, my uh, Game of Thrones character is 100% Robert Baratheon.
1: If you know me really well, you're going to go, yeah, that, that makes sense. We've also established that when Ulrich drinks to a certain threshold, a new personality emerges called Feisty Fists.
0: Yeah, ah, he's interesting. Gets me in a lot of trouble.
1: Anyway, we've got another question with no meat on it. Coke or Pepsi? And the answer is Coke for me. But if you say Pepsi, I'm not going to get mad at you. It's just, I like Coke. Right?
0: Uh, it's, yeah, Coke is better, but surprisingly, Cherry Pepsi is the better cherry variety, I think.
1: You know what? I can I can buy that, although I do like Cherry Dr. Pepper a lot, but Dr. Pepper is somewhere in between Coke and Pepsi because it's Snapple. And... Anyway, so the next question that actually does have some meat on it, and something we've talked about actually recently, is favorite MCU movie. Because we both you know recently saw Endgame, which, okay, that dates this episode, sorry, but... And afterwards, you know, now that the Infinity Saga is done, put to, I put together my list. I ranked all you know, 22 movies and 8 of the television shows I saw because I didn't count in humans. I didn't see that. And figured out what is my favorite MCU thing, which is a movie, is Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is my favorite MCU.
0: I'm still percolating on it because I really liked Endgame. And in listening to our review of it, I was reminded of all the great things about it. But I also really enjoy <laughs> Infinity War. So I can't really give an answer at this time. So I'll do this. I'll take... I didn't even answer then. I don't have an answer because I haven't really recodified it because I was thinking I need to, you know, see where Infinity War falls and if it dislodges anything. But no, it didn't. So I'm going to cop out and say uh, Iron Man 4. Yeah, that, that was a good one. <laughs> Well, that's kind
1: of what uh, Endgame is. Anyway, yeah, I'll say Thor Ragnarok for me because the the main reason is, like, going back and rewatching... First of all, I think it's the most eminently rewatchable one. I also like that it's the one that allowed uh, Chris Hemsworth to really stretch his, like, you know, acting and comedy muscles with Thor. I also like that it's the one that seems to be the most... I don't know, what's the word? Like, it is so invested in being a comic book movie that it, it just it's so vibrant looking and it it splashed pages galore and it's funny but it's also like got great action it's just it's everything i want from a comic book movie so yeah thor ragnarok
0: i'm very conflicted about thor ragnarok and someday we'll talk about it more because at some point i think we should do like we did with the director smackdown but for the mcu movies but we got some tweaking to that formula to do before we're ready for that
1: Anyway, the next question is one that similar to, you know, you just talked about this director Smackdown is if you could only watch one director for the rest of your life, who would it be? And this question, I feel like leaves a lot of implied questions. Like, uh, I, I mean, is it just every movie they've made up to this point? Cause I feel like then the answer would have to be whatever director has the widest variety and the biggest body of work, which kind of by default is like Spielberg, But is it more, like, what is the purpose of this question, really?
0: I think it's a generic boilerplate question that people ask when talking about movies. And the problem is, is the way I think about it, is this is everything they've done and everything they have the potential to do, which is why I'm going to rule Spielberg out, because I love Spielberg. We did a whole two-part episode about how great his filmography is. But unfortunately, his most recent stuff is not up to par with his earlier stuff. And I honestly have no interest in West Side Story. Just no, none,
1: nil, nada. Yeah, but the whole, like, okay, you can only watch one director for the rest of your life is literally boils down to then, you know, what is it? I want variety. Or is it only movie director? It doesn't say movie director. So if it counts television directors, I might say something like, you know, like Vince Gilligan or something who did Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It's like, well, then you're doing television, which gives you a lot more, you know, time to that you can kill with said material. So, I mean, cause that's the main thing I'm hearing of the, oh the rest of your life. That means they're going to be rewatching stuff over and over again. So I'm going to choose the director that makes me not have to rewatch things as often, which is going to be the one who has the largest body of work. And that's not fair because that doesn't mean that it's my favorite director. Like Spielberg isn't my favorite director. I, I don't know if I have a favorite director. I mean, I like Edgar Wright, probably, you know, top three, I like Guillermo del Toro but they don't have the same body of work. they are two stories.
0: very different directors.
1: Yeah. So no, it's...
0: see, you throw in the TV one, and that raises an interesting thing, because, like, oh, my brain, if you say TV, automatically goes to the Russos, because they, you know, worked on and directed Community, and I love Community. I can probably watch that for eternity, but they've only really got the MCU movies, and I'm curious what they're going to do afterwards, but that kind of narrows it, and I love, you know, Del Toro, but he only gets a movie like once every five years. And I don't like this question.
1: Yeah, that's my point. Is there's too much un- there, there's too much vagueness in what this... So here's what I'll say. Just based on the question written, if I could only watch one director for the rest of my life, who would it be? I'm going to say Spielberg just because that huge body of work and Variety. But that doesn't mean he's my favorite by any stretch of it. The... That's literally saying quantity over quality, but the quality is still good. But the main reason here is the quantity. So...
0: I'll say uh, Del Toro, and then I will strive to finance every single one of his dream projects, so that I never run out of interesting, unique things to watch. Because seriously, look up the list of his movies that he's wanted to make or has been in various stages of development, but have never been made. I still want to see the Doctor Strange movie that he had cooking up with uh, Neil Gaiman.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Anyway, the the next question is the first new one. We only have, like said, three new ones, but is why the spartan viking motif as in for geeks with shields our main picture has ulrich as a spartan hoplite i apologize for calling you a roman centurion before and me as a viking no extra now needed so (laughs) and, and really that comes down to so there's a game that we've we've talked about i don't know how much we've talked about it but there's a game that we play we've been playing for a long time called well i don't know if game's the right word but anyway it's a thought experiment called. There's new, the word for it. Yeah, called uh, New Sparta, where we assume. Okay, don't go into details of how it happens, but Ulrich is the new like dictator or essentially ruler of uh, this continent, and I'm his grand advisor. I think is the term we use. Point is, we're both in charge. What's the country we form? And we decided to call it New Sparta originally because we had a lot of interest in the you know ideals of Spartan culture. So then we started, you know, playing around with it. And, oh, what do we do with the religious fanatics? Oh, we send them all in a gated state, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. And we just have these long conversations. So then when we started doing the podcast or when we were planning to do it, Ulrich was like, all right, we need a name. And so I was just thinking about names and I was thinking, all right, what's something that connects me and Ulrich that we do together? And I was like, okay, well, New Sparta. And we both have an interest in history and, we Used to watch like Deadliest Warrior together and, and stuff like that. So maybe we'll do like a, a warrior motif thing, especially because we both like, you know, Norse mythology and stuff. So I, that's why I thought Geeks with Shields. I, you know, Googled it, make sure that it didn't show up anywhere else. And that's why we went with it. And so once we went with Geeks with Shields, we're like, okay, we're going to be warriors. So then each one of us pick our own warrior. I picked Viking because, very simply put, it's my favorite uh, historical. Warrior. I'm big on Norse mythology. I'm big on Viking aesthetic and what's the word? Not culture, but there's a, a like a, a myth to Vikings themselves. I don't mean the mythology. I mean like the the idea of what a Viking is is very appealing to me. And then Ulrich had, I think, a very similar process, but with you know Spartans.
0: Yeah, I'm what's called a laconophile, which is someone who is obsessed. With ancient Sparta. And that's yeah, kind of what we did. I mean, I love Vikings just as much. I am way more Scandinavian than I have any real connection to the Greeks or the Romans. But I've always loved the Spartans. I've loved the ideolo- ideology and I've loved what some call the mythology, though it's still being debated very fiercely amongst historians today around the Spartans. And that's kind of why we built the channel around that.
1: Well, yeah, because if it was just down to like, what we actually are I'd be I'm mostly German and Celtic so you know like a Celtic warrior would be more accurate for me and German you could argue German is connected kind to the Vikings but it's kind of its own thing you know Prussia and before but no it's just it's really just that it comes down to these are the warriors from history we most I don't know identify that's the right word we just most enjoy we most like to study We most like to read about these are our warrior goats goats
0: greatest of all time
1: oh i don't know about that because i don't i would not consider a viking the greatest of all time warrior like in a one-on-one well, battle no, one-on-one a one-on-one battle.
0: this is your go-to you know warrior like if you're going to step into the identity of
1: oh okay by that yeah what what he just like
0: said. if i wield up a set of you know full plate armor or you know full viking armor which one are you going to choose
1: true i'm definitely going to choose the Chainmail of a, a Viking with the fur and shit like that. So,
0: if you're looking to make Axel a very happy boy, just you know, start go find a nice reputable blacksmith and say, "Hey, can you uh, design this for him?"
1: <laughs> I'm not asking anyone to do that. That'd be a douchey thing for me to do. Anyway, so our next question: Will you ever do a follow-up video on the Last Jedi? Yes, it's called our review for Rise of Skywalker.
0: Oh, yeah. Technically, I guess that works. I kind of took it to imply, are we ever going to talk about Last Jedi again? And the answer is no.
1: We will be talking about it during the Rise of Skywalker review, though. We won't make a video specifically to be like, oh, here's our follow-up of Last Jedi, because why? There's so much discourse on Last Jedi already online. What are we going to add to it specifically but when you know episode nine comes out uh or the it's only going to be natural to talk about it then and how it relates to the finish of the you know trilogy and stuff like that so
0: yeah no that's kind of exactly it there's way too much discourse both positive and negative and like i mentioned in our patron hangout there's no middle ground you either love the movie or you hate the movie and everyone hates the people in the middle and i happen to fall in the middle and i don't want to deal with that nonsense.
1: I like the movie and I feel like, uh, I have to defend it quite often enough from what I feel like is like Nick nitpicky bullshit. But again, we're not here to talk about that. So,
0: so no, wait for the, uh, rise of the skywalkers. If you want to hear our thoughts, what now, we think about last year, I, however long on it is.
1: Yeah. Now the last question on our list, I want to know who asked this too, but I did not. I can sure. tell
0: you, I can tell you who asked this one because I'm equally mad at them.
1: <laughs> so uh the question is, I would like you to rank every Michael Bay film from best to worst. Who asked this? This was uh from Chris. Chris asked Does he want to I mean that sounds like a director SmackDown, and we already established we're doing like the Kevin Smith one with him. Spoilers, so does he just want us to do a Michael Bay one with him as well? Because I'm totally up for that. I don't No, I don't want to do that one. The Tim Burton one will be bad enough. I'm saying that. I mean, yeah, putting all those hours into that would be fucking miserable, but I'd be willing to do it for the... I would sacrifice that for for you guys that are listening.
0: (laughs) Let us know if you really want us to do a director smackdown on Michael Bay.
1: Here, I'll tell you real quick. Best is probably going to be Pain and Gain. Worst is going to be like one of the Transformers movies. Probably the second one. Fill in the middle.
0: (laughs) I've given this one some thought. So, uh, number one is The Rock, because that movie is legitimately awesome, partially because, you know, Sean Connery and action, and it's right in his wheelhouse. Uh, number sure, sure. two is probably Armageddon. It's not a good movie, but I haven't seen Pain and Gain, so I don't know where to rank that one. Uh, number three is The First Transformers, because it's probably the most palatable.
1: Uh, I'm not touching that. Nope.
0: Then the Transformers movies in sequential order from there because they just do get progressively worse. Probably the bottom is Pearl Harbor just because it's based on historical events and it does it so poorly that it just it hurts and it's disrespectful in a lot of ways.
1: All right, does that make you happy, Chris, or uh, are you just or are you just trying to get us into the director Smackdown? Because that's like at least two directors before him.
0: <laughs> uh, that, that that if we end up doing that, that's going to be worse than the Spielberg one, just because it's like sorting turds.
1: Well, I was going to say it'll be the opposite for you, as opposed to getting having to get rid of really good films. It's going to be like, all right, which of these films do we have to? hold up is better
0: <laughs> and how do we decide which of the transformers movies is objectively better than any of the others
1: well they get first of really of there's no yeah there's no objective about it it's just here's the thing if you're a listener and you like michael bay films hey man i envy you actually like because that means there's a huge swath of film genre that you can enjoy that i just can't enjoy so more power to you but i I don't like him stylistically i generally don't like the kind of choices he makes and even when he does films that are in his style that like he should be the director of they're not the kind of films i care about in general so
0: i legitimately unequivocally love the rock it's awesome it's pure 90s schlock but that's about the only movie i can say without reservations is a good movie
1: Anyway, I feel like this is a really weird question to, to end on. So I'm going to circle back to that story I mentioned earlier, which without going into too much detail, basically, because I want to end on a high note, right? And the story is
0: for legal reasons, you cannot list anyone's actual names or online pseudonyms because I'm not sure about the statute of limitations on this.
1: I am correct about, I I understand. I wasn't going to say any names, but uh, other than, you know, me and you. So the point right. is, there, there was a person who we know who is important to us, who was out. This was like back when we, uh, I don't know, what were we, 17, 18? Uh, no, we were, like
0: we were living together. So I was 19 and you were 18.
1: Okay. So point is we're living together and this person is texting Ulrich saying that they are inebriated. And you know throughout the throughout the night. And then a point comes up where they reveal that not only are they inebriated, but they are alone and in the middle of the park that is right by like the river that separates Lewiston and Clarkston, which is not a safe space, especially at like one in the morning. (laughs) This park was notorious for bad touches. Yeah. So once we heard that, I, I was not I was not aware of any of this. Oric was just texting with this person. And then suddenly he says to me, hey, we got to go and save person X. And then he revealed to me who it was. And he gave me like a, and I was like, yeah, all right, let's go. And so we hop in Oric's vehicle and uh, you know we drive down there. I don't, you know, and like I said, it's like one in the morning. We get to the parking lot. There's one vehicle in the parking lot and there's a couple that I think are making out, but they're standing like real close to each other. So we park about like two spaces away from them pop out, and we're, like, rushing. So we get to the back, pop open the back of the uh, – what, what is it, a Jeep? What was your vehicle? Yeah, it was a Jeep. All right, we pop in the back of the Jeep. Ulrich reaches in, pulls out a baseball bat, and hands it to me. And then he reaches in and pulls out a spear because, you know, he's got a handful. He's got, like, axes and stuff, and he just has a spear in, in the Jeep. And so then we close, and we run off, and we make it, like, 50 feet before I hear uh, that other – like car door close and then that couple you know book it away because i mean if you were in that parking lot you saw you saw that two guys just pull up and pull out those weapons and run off in the park what would you do
0: yeah no that's why i said for uh legal reasons i'm not sure if we broke any laws here but we're just going to leave names and dates and specifics out of
1: place yeah for for the record nothing happened when we found this person in the park it was fine nothing can happen to them the night ended fine but like that like experience with that couple made me laugh and i love that story so
0: i still am surprised the cops did not show up shortly thereafter
1: true true then again there was our town wasn't like super gang heavy but there were two we'll call them gangs that generally operated within our town competitively with each other and we fit the profile for one of them at the time we
0: both but, had long hair <laughs> And I was scruffy as all hell, and it was the middle of the night, so I think they're just like, oh, okay, there's a gang fight going down, those guys
1: are late. Yeah, we didn't have to use our weapons on anyone, though, so I, I, I feel safe sharing the story. Anyway, that's a much funnier note to uh, transition to our suggestions of the week, and for our 50th episode, I mean, I don't think we have any special suggestions of the week, but no. I'll... I'll I'll go ahead and say that when we first did this, you know, back in January, I had suggested a show to Ulrich and to the viewers called Camp Camp. Now, it's been a while since I watched it, but since I that suggestion never got released, I'm going to say it here again. Camp Camp is an animation made by the people at uh, Rooster Teeth, you know, the same guys who do like Red vs. Blue and stuff like that. But it's, you know, fully you know animated and it's about this kid, well, actually this group of kids at this camp, uh, Camp Campbell. And Camp Campbell is a camp that has other camps inside it. Like, Hey, you want to go to space camp? Well, we've got space camp at camp camp. You, you want to go to, you know, adventure camp that's here too. You want science camp? That's here too. Except they all suck. <laughs> so, cause it's, you know, adult animation and uh the main kids are all like, is you got three main kids. Max, who's a total a-hole is basically what Stevie would be if he was stuck in the situation. And you've got, this little like feral child girl who's awesome and then you got like the nerdy kid right it's and you've got at least one camp counselor who's like super happy and enjoyable all the time and he's the uh foil to max the main character and you've got another camp counselor who's like you know a teenage girl who's just doing it for a job and i don't know it's a fun little animation and it's it's very good like a lot of the episodes are available on youtube because again maybe the Bruce truth guys but it's also on a uh, ferv i think so highly recommended
0: no, I still need to check that out. I know we talked about it last time, and I would like, oh, I'm going to check that out. And then I completely forgot about it because, well, that's the life that I live now.
1: Yeah, there are three seasons, I think, and it's all good stuff.
0: All right. So uh, mine was actually first suggested to me by my mother in that, you know, she's like, have you watched Life in Pieces? It's on Hulu. It's hilarious. I think you'd love it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm a sitcom junkie. I got nothing to watch. And this show is hilarious. Basically, the premise is, and this is a really unique premise, I think, that there are four stories per episode, and it all kind of revolves around different members of this family. And they're all in different stages. You've got the grandparents. You've got the married couple with three kids. You've got the married couple with a new baby. And you've got the young uh, one brother and his new relationship. And what makes it really interesting is each little stories only 10-15 minutes long so if that episode in particular or that story isn't very interesting or it's kind of cringy wait five minutes you're on to the next thing and sometimes they connect and sometimes they don't sometimes they're torn out of sequence it's a very interesting way of storytelling and I find myself relating a lot to members of my own family and myself which could just be basic sitcom you know trickery could be my family in general i'll let you decide and one of the funniest things was is one of the characters you know the actor's like huh he looks familiar and i looked it up it's tom hanks son oh. and yeah he's actually really funny and he looks a lot like his dad and once you know that it's tom hanks's son you're like ah oh, you can't unsee it and then the other one that caught my eye was brolin kept popping up in the credits, but I didn't know who looked it up and the grandfather is Josh Brolin's father. So I thought that was interesting. And I told my mom about that and she's like, oh yeah, that's Barbara Streisand's husband. I'm like, wow, this is a weird connective uh, point of interests.
1: Well, you know, Hollywood is kind of like that. Uh, You know, you think about, oh, there's quite a few acting dynasties. Like Drew Barrymore's family has been acting since like the 1920s. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh i know but it was just this weird thing that you know i you know connected to this actor because of the mcu my mom's like oh yeah barbara streisand's husband it was just this really interesting collective point. and like I said, this show is wickedly funny all three seasons are up on hulu and like i said if you're not into a particular storyline wait five minutes it's over and on to the next one it is a really unique way of telling stories that i can get behind and it doesn't involve an imaginary documentary crew
1: ah uh, the mockumentary well I mean, that's, what is this on? What's it available? Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Okay, I missed that. I do have access to Hulu because so I watch Superstore on that. All right. Um, if I get... I have a hard time watching shows lately mostly because I either play games or watch things I already know. Like I'm going back and through and watching the MC right now. I just watched Winter Soldier again last night. God damn, Winter Soldier is so good. Yes, but it is. If I find... Yeah, but if I find time, I will Uh, I'll check it out.
0: pop, And the best thing is you can pop on an episode, watch the first two stories, and you can get the gist out of it because it's not linear which again i think it's a really unique and interesting way of telling a story and i can't wait for everyone to copy it like sitcoms seem to do whenever one is successful true
1: i remember that happening with uh titus when titus came out I so. anyway this has been our 50th episode and we you know, answered all your questions i don't know if we'll do this again but it seems to me like Maybe if we hit, like, a hundredth episode, we'll do something like that with new sets of questions. or We'll find an excuse if there are more questions. Like, if we get up to, like, 20-some questions, we had 22 going into this, so that was enough for a good full episode. Then we'll find an an excuse to do it again, at least if you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, then we'll scrap the whole idea. (laughs) So
0: We'll definitely do something for the hundredth episode. Maybe that will be our Watchmen episode. I don't know. The Watchmen HBO trailer came out today,
1: and I'm intrigued to say the least i will go watch that anyway but my my point was that i hope you guys enjoyed this and if you did then we'll find an excuse to do it again so
0: all right well thank you all for listening be sure to like share subscribe do all the things because every time you share this episode that's one more minute i get to spend with my family
1: soundcloud i have sorry i have to talk about soundcloud i can't think of any more unique and interesting ways to start this off so yeah we're on soundcloud and youtube whichever one you're watching us on Thank you. There's also the other one. We're looking into a few other things, particularly uh, Podbean right now is the, the lean chew. Libsyn was one we were looking at, but they have some weird like data limits, and we'd have to compress our episodes, and then the audio quality would suffer, and we're not quite ready to do that just yet. So, But if there's any other platform you like, let us know so we can look into it.
0: As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his Shield Brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.